Welcome to Voices of Santa Clara. Having a good idea doesn't get you done. And if we'd hit those, there would have been an explosion. We would have died, obviously. Scholarship should cultivate the virtues. Worry more about, am I searching for what I should be doing next in the world? Welcome to Voices of Santa Clara, Episode 4. In today's conversation, I talk with theater professor Aldo Billingsley, and we cover how he fell in love with theater, a difficult struggle with depression in college, his favorite shows he has performed in, and how acting skills transfer to other areas of life. Aldo has performed in dozens and dozens of productions across the United States throughout his career, including 24 of the 37 different Shakespeare plays, and he's taught classes at Santa Clara on topics including American theater from the black perspective, acting for the camera, Shakespeare, and acting for non-majors. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you do as well. To start out, I'm wondering if there was a moment when you first fell in love with theater. Uh, seventh grade, I lived in the suburbs, but we went to high, we went high school and middle school was a, a rural area. And the middle school separated from the high school by a cow pasture, a former cow pasture. So we would walk from the middle school across the cow pasture to the high school to see the school play, the fall musical. And it was Oklahoma. And it was fabulous. It was well-directed. Um, but the important thing was there was a beautiful woman named Linda Peterson who was singing a song called I'm Just a Girl Who Can't Say No, which thrilled me to no end, that possibility. And, uh, and, and she was actually kissing this guy on stage. And when they were kissing, they were going down for the count. And the high schoolers that surrounded us who were ginormous um, and frightening would screech and whistle and hoot, which made it even more exciting and scary and thrilling. And uh, it was um, uh, uh, had a big impression on me, uh, myself being impressionable. So uh, I decided that since I had yet to be kissed, uh, that that would be a great way to do it. If I was in a play, then the girl couldn't say no, and then. Uh, I would get a kiss, and so I immediately uh, auditioned for the next play, and the next play, and and, uh, mm -hmm. and while I was playing football, I kept doing the plays, and and uh, and through high school and through college, playing football and and doing plays, and and uh, and by the time I finally got my stage kiss, I was a sophomore in college, and it was on the cheek, um, <laughs> but uh, but I was already completely and totally hooked into mm -hmm. the work. Yeah. Did you have any important mentors as a child? A ton, a ton. Uh, um, in high school, my drama teacher, Kay Newberry, uh, and who's a really good friend, uh, um, uh, shepherded me. And uh, um, when I graduated, she gave me my makeup kit. Uh, um, uh, we had individual makeup kits because we were, we were big time. We were so fancy. And... Uh, uh, and I and I I thought it was just uh, a a wonderful gift. Uh, of course, uh, the box was for literally called Negro Mail, and uh, um, and I being uh, one of the few that was both in the program, uh, 
the likelihood of her using it again soon may have prompted her to give it to me. Uh, the other was uh, she gave me a Bible, uh, which uh, I look back on it now and I think, uh, I don't know if she would get in trouble for that sort of thing in, in church and state and uh, public school, but uh, yeah. Uh, and even more so was Dr. Barbara Means Frazier, who was my first ever college professor who uh, got tenured there at that school and then she left and she came to this school and when I was working as a professional actor said do you want to come and lecture on August Wilson in my class and I did and then she worked with the chair and then they said do you want to come and teach for a quarter at Santa Clara and I did and I went back to the full-time theater and then they said do you want to come and teach for two years at Santa Clara and I did and I'm still here hmm. so yeah uh influential people very moving into your time at college were there any decisions you made in college that ended up having a really big impact on your life uh one of the reasons i chose the college was that they would let me play football and uh so they're 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 really small they're they're a division three ncaa school i really like to play football it's, it's a lot of fun um and i wanted to continue doing that um uh but more importantly for me, my girlfriend was going to go to that school, and I want—I really wanted to get into that school. Um, so uh, we uh, went there and dated, and and uh, and when she broke up, and I had to start writing, uh, typing my own papers. I, then I started to find out that there were rules to this whole typing thing, uh, and uh, had to do some growing up. And um, in that process of college is where I um, uh, moved from. Uh, being a homophobe to uh, started in the process of, of moving from homophobe to ally, which was not easy. Um, and, uh, and had bumps along the way that uh, um, I'm not proud of. Uh, and, and thinking, yes, I'm, I'm so much better than I was. And then go, oh, uh, I still got a lot of work to do. Um, Self-work is, is important. Um, uh, the, uh, the classes in religion that had me, um, uh, really question lots of aspects about faith, but then have a much better relationship between, uh, me and my deity, uh, not just out of blind faith, but out of a host of options and then making that choice, um, uh, and I, I think that's the same thing uh, that I learned there as far as that relationship with God is, is, is the same sort of uh, uh, journey and discovery that I made of being with a person, um, not just this person because they're the one I'm with and it's just an easy choice. Um, I'm with you because I don't think I'll ever be able to get anybody else uh, as opposed to of all the people I could choose, I choose you. And... Uh, that was uh, um, a discovery made there. Um, uh, of all the things that I could choose, I choose life to be, choose to live, and that was a discovery made in, in college. Uh, when that uh, when that woman uh, broke up with me, and uh, I had a terrible inferiority complex and measured my self worth um, off the fact of that this person uh, found me worthy when she broke up with me and was looking for other people and then started dating guys on the football team who I felt were really unworthy. Uh, it had a huge effect. And, 
and I didn't want to live anymore. So I had a suicide attempt and, uh, um, and then that was a huge, huge journey. So the, uh, faculty member who I had never had a class with was not my mentor. And I'd only spoken to maybe half an hour at most took me into his home and I lived with him for six and a half weeks with he and his eight and 10 year old daughter and his wife. And, uh, uh, and they gave me a home to keep me around the school so I could still attend classes. Cause I got kicked out of the dorms after the suicide attempt um, until I was, it was clear that I wasn't a, a threat to myself or to other students. Um, uh, and, um, uh, making sure that the, that, that fine line between, suicide and homicide didn't get crossed and somebody else was going to be in danger as well as myself. Um, that, uh, and so I lived with, uh, this professor, his name is John White and his wife's name was Jane White. And, uh, um, uh, he'd asked me if I was going to move in, he said, uh, can you promise that you won't try to kill yourself again? And I said, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't promise that right now. Um, it was just, I was just in too much pain for that. And, uh, and he said, okay, can you promise you won't do it here? Cause I don't want my daughters to find you. And it hit me so hard. I was, oh, I'm so, yes, I would promise I wouldn't do that. I'm not there. Uh, and that image of, uh, some child walking in on that, who just seemed uh, horrific and then realizing what he was risking to ask me to move into his home. He and his family, uh, are, um, uh, still close, uh, extremely, um, his daughters, uh, uh, uh I ended up in like the family and, and, and I would go to, to do family portraits together and the, the, the oldest of the daughters in my wedding. And, uh, those are, uh, tremendously influential people in my life that met through college who uh, without whom I, not only would I not be at Santa Clara, I might not be on the planet. So, yeah. So thanks for sharing that. What advice would you give to a student who's in a similar dark place or struggling with depression? Uh, you know, trying to figure out what the right thing to say to somebody who's, who's suffering that won't sound like a cliche and that will sound uh, meaningful or, or, or at least have them consider, uh, is tough, uh, to say things like tomorrow may be a better day. Uh, it, 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 as true as that may be, I don't know how helpful that is. One of the things that still stays with me that, that shook me was, uh, the, the statement that there is no, in this act of, of, uh, for some people to, to, to stop pain and to stop hurt, there is no more selfish act on the planet that you only think about self. You don't think about uh, whoever you leave behind or, or to, unless you're trying to hurt them and then that's a little whack, but uh, um, you don't think about the people who have to clean up after you, um, uh, who have to deal with all those other things um, because you didn't, have the courage to try to see that crisis through. Basically, it's, uh, I think uh, that there are probably, as much as you're hurting, there's probably someone out there 
some resource out there that you still haven't tapped that might be able to help. Um, people are generally good. Uh, there, and there are a lot more good people on the planet than there are bad. Um, and given the opportunity, uh, someone will try to help and you just try to get the right help. So, um, I'm a big advocate for, for counseling, for, for therapy. Um, it's important work. It's, uh, Often it's underappreciated and it's undervalued. Um, uh, uh, not every therapist is a great therapist, unfortunately. It's it's something that's uh, that's vital for our society, and that when it works well, not only do we have better, more whole individuals on the planet, we have better communities that can catch those people, uh, uh, more catchers on the ride. So. Awesome. And then moving into your um, career in acting, mm -hmm. are there any specific shows uh, that stand out or any experiences that really had an impact on you or that were unexpected or surprising in some way? Yeah, uh, um, loads of those too. Uh, leaving my undergrad of Austin College and getting my uh, bachelor's there and then getting a master's in education there and then going to SMU and getting a master's of fine art so that I could uh, get the training I would need to be a better actor and and it helped a, a huge amount. Uh, um, was uh, was important and, and lots of lessons learned along the way. Um, uh, uh, being there helped me get to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival and uh, the Oregon Shakespeare Festival and the, the work there um, helped me learn more about Shakespeare uh, even than I did in, in graduate school. And, uh, and I've been extremely fortunate to do a lot of, you know, more than half the canon. Um, uh, um, I think I'm at 24 now, the 37, 38 plays. And so of those plays, um, uh, being able to play uh, the role of Othello uh, in five different productions has been a blast. Uh, the uh, director who directed me in my last Othello had such a, a unique take on it that there were people who were furious, furious about a 400-year-old play and the way that it was approached. And that's that was eye-opening and surprising. There were moments where that production, uh, which would stop in the middle of the in the middle of the piece, and uh, there'd be a little bell and you'd ding. And we'd freeze action, and sometimes people would stop altogether. Uh, and then they would turn to the audience, and they would uh, give them information about, we're going to Cyprus now. Cyprus is an island in the middle of the Mediterranean. And people be like, what the, what's going on? Jiminy, crickets, I don't think Shakespeare is saying those words. Uh, and they would just freak out. Uh, and uh, um, the director wanted to arrest the audience and not allow them to escape into this play so that they could walk out of the theater going, wow, those people were really bad. Wow, those people are really hard on that guy who was a Muslim, on that guy who's black, on, on that uh, uh, back then. Oh, how that was terrible. And that was uh, really... Uh, um, it was hard on audiences because that's often the way that we're trained to 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 see 
plays, particularly expensive plays. The more expensive the play, the more people often uh, assume that they're going to get a chance to escape altogether their daily lives. Uh, I don't want to be here. I want to. Uh, I want to be in Oklahoma where the corn is as high as an elephant's eye and cattle are winking at me. Uh, um, and when they can't do that kind of escape and then feel good at the very, at the end of it, that disnified ending, uh, um, people are, are sometimes upset. And I think not only was he okay with that, there were points where he almost provoked people to be... Um, disturbed so that or, or discomforted so that they would think about what we need to do in our society uh and so um uh at the at the last when othello uh has ki- uh even when he's killing desdemona uh, we didn't stop the play then, but we had a camera on stage and the camera is focusing just on one corner of the bed and it's being shown on some big screen and people are like, I don't know what the screen is for or what the camera is, what's going on here while he's trying to kill her and he's strangling her and he's putting her down. And then as she flops down, her hand goes right in front of the camera and there's just a close up of the wrist down to the fingers and you see the life go out of the hand. And, uh, and, um, but while he while she's being choked, there's a description, a medical description that they stopped and got from a physician. What happens when someone's choked? How uh, and talking about air hunger and how the body will sometimes then get a rush of adrenaline to try to fight for those last gasps of air and stuff as she's clawing at my face and my my neck and it was uh, wild, wild wild production uh and in that regard and um there were uh, of, of the of the of the five that i've done it was probably the most memorable for people um uh in the in the middle of uh othello was uh was a muslim and i would do prayers uh um i would go th- uh would do prayers and i would go through uh the uh the ritual of wudu of cleansing before the play. Um, and while I'm doing that upstage, downstage, there's an actor telling, uh, doing stand up to tell, uh, use humor in ways to upset and rile people a little bit by how potent words are. Um, and uh, with jokes about um, gentrific- gentrification and Bill Cosby and things that were really made people, whoa, you know. Uh, Ben Carson and Donald Trump uh, lines and uh, and people are like, what is I is, is this Othello? I thought we were saying Othello, and so that was a remarkable production. Same theater, same director. One year later, does a production that's a mashup of uh, of uh, uh, the uh, the uh, the city of Oakland telling a story of redemption about a soldier coming back from Afghanistan and the Odyssey and the same director in some ways, some of the same style uh, choices uh, does a play and it's a huge hit. It's a, it's a, a ginormous hit. Two days ago, that play was up for nine theater Bay area awards and it won seven. Uh, I won best actor uh, in a a play uh, in it. And, um, uh, and the director 
who people were ready to ride out of town on a rail, uh, one best director. Um, uh, that's uh, kind of remarkable. Uh, and, and for him, I think it's a huge triumph in that he didn't have to change his style and acquiesce to public opinion to be successful. The, the, the public came around to appreciate what he was doing more so than the latter. Hmm. So uh, I think that's remarkable. Hmm. And I'm wondering if there are any, um, any stories you have of uh, failures or mistakes that set you up for a later success or it seems like you've, you've oh, had yeah. a lot of success in acting but what oh yeah yeah tremendous uh, my, uh um my first marriage was a, a failure uh and uh it uh it didn't last as long as the divorce lasted uh the marriage was over in about two years and the divorce took two and a half as we we're fighting over debt and whose debt was the debt um and the day after I found out that uh, the woman I had married didn't want to be married to me anymore, um, I had an audition uh, for The Elephant Man, a play I'd always, always, always wanted to do. I, I was having a hard time thinking. Um, uh, had been a wreck that night, and I was supposed to be trying to get ready for the audition. Actually, it wasn't even an audition. It was a callback. It was a final callback. And they said, listen, we know we told you we thought you had this role, but there's this other person who's come in. They did really well in, the, in, their, in their audition. We told them we'd call them back, and we just, we just want to see them. Uh, um, uh, not much to worry about, but if you could come in and, and audition for this, I think this is going to be great. And... Uh, that's on the answer machine after uh, my first wife has said she wants to hang it up. So I uh, lived in San Francisco at the time, lived in uh, in, uh, in the Castro, and I uh, drove down. It was at San Jose Rep, which is a theater that's now dead. Um, uh, and I came down to audition for it, and... Uh, and I just sat in the car, uh, crying a little bit, a little weepy, trying to focus. And then I went into the to the theater, and then I went back out of the car because I'd forgotten my headshot and resume. It's like, all right, you gotta have this. And then I went into the theater, and I'm sitting in there. And then I had to go back out to the car because he walks with a cane. It's about uh, Joseph Merrick, the disease that's afflicting him. Uh, has affected his spine too, so he needs the assistance of a cane to walk. I didn't have a cane, I was going to use a golf club, and I left my golf club in the car. And I was like, Oh, god, no, I have to go back and get that. And and then I go in, and and it was terrible, it was an awful audition, it was it was so bad. And this role, which they had said, This is going to be great, it'll be awesome, we'll put you in this role, didn't happen. This other guy who was prepared and focused and on, and and had wowed them in his audition, who they were giving a courtesy callback, got the role. And uh, so on top of everything else, I was like, God, that, that hurts too. Um, uh, and it was a theater I wanted to work at. I really, uh, uh, um, it's a great space and I always wanted to be in that theater and that didn't happen. Uh, so, um, 
kickback end 2007 when I'm serving in the depart as the department chair uh, uh, theater works calls and says we're gonna do the elephant man uh, and this is uh, um, 94 was when I auditioned for it in San Jose and this is uh, a few years later and uh, yeah and I know all the material now because it's stuck in my head forever and and it's the right time to do it and uh, and not only have I got a different wife but um, got a, a support base because of having made the right choice with the right individual that I can focus on just that role. I can focus on just that audition. I can focus on how this, uh, what it would be to have somebody, and you know, this is uh, uh, some years ago. So uh, 10 years ago, my body was, was, was much better than it is now. Um, being able to take this role on where someone has this horrible affliction that everything about him uh, repulses people. And to see a body that, for the most part, uh, visibly doesn't have uh, any issues. The scripters for the role, well, first off, it says, no one with any history of any back problems whatsoever should ever attempt this role. And because it will mess you up. And in some ways, it has. I've got sciatica now. Uh, um, uh, and, uh, it goes through this description of what is going on with his body. And as it says, each of these things, you do an isolation to, to show what the hand looks like. And you do an isolation to show what his spine looks like and, and, uh, what his face is doing. And, uh, you're standing on stage just in a loincloth and, uh, um, uh, over the course of my career, I've had. Um, when I was in grad school, I think I had four or five roles and about three of them I had on dance belts or loincloths. Uh, um, my mentor who had taken me in in college said, I tell you what, if I watch you have to play Mandingo one more time, it's going to make me crazy. Uh, um, cause, uh, people want to take off all those clothes on stage. Um, and this time it wasn't about the people going to take off all those clothes on stage. Let's make sure we get to the gym and make sure we got our six pack and, and, uh, we're pumped up and blah, 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 blah. Uh, and so it wasn't about going to the gym. It was about going to do yoga and Pilates and, uh, uh, uh an intense stretching routine, um, to make sure that the, the body could handle and sustain, uh, what it needed. Um, and, uh, I think if it's not the number one, probably the number top three uh, shows I've ever done that my wife uh, really, really loved that role. Mm. So uh, that was a, that was a huge success. Mm. And then moving into your time teaching at Santa Clara. So one of the classes you teach is the acting for non-majors mm -hmm. class. And so I'm wondering, so let's, let's, let's imagine we have a student who doesn't have any experience with acting. They're maybe a little afraid of getting up on stage and they're not really sure about the value of, of acting. What would you tell that student? I would tell that student that, uh, by the time they get out of that course, that they will, um, maybe be, 
maybe have more confidence in their acting ability. I, I would hope so. Um, but what they'll definitely be is a more aware human being and um, a better uh, citizen of the planet. Uh, that that class uh, is not just about how we prepare actors. It's um, it's superhero training school. Um, uh, that uh, the uh, more so than the fear of needles or spiders or heights or fear of the dark, uh, people have a fear of speaking in public. And uh, so there are those who are wired differently enough to where they, they enjoy that sort of thing. That makes it easy for them. But the rest of humanity has to we're overcome this obstacle to get to that thing. So we're going to teach them how to identify what they want, identify what's in the way of what they want, figure out a means to overcome what's in the way so they can get what they want. And that's, that's not going to be necessary for life. And, uh, uh, and then uh, know that those, th those, uh, just those traits are going to be applicable uh, when it comes to uh, a moment of crises of, um, uh, you know, that there are people in, 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 you know, God help all those souls in, in uh, New York yesterday um, from the madman who was, driving their truck down a bicycle path. Um, but there are people who um, are being cautious and trying to move toward that action to see what they can do to help while others are just fleeing from it. And, uh, uh, you know, they're going to make sure that they're safe and that sort of thing. I'm, I'm not trying to uh, uh, create uh, uh, crazed commandos, but, uh, but the... One of the things I value most from all my experience is community. And uh, when we all act as responsible members of a community, um, if we all do that, we don't have that terrorist. We don't have that person who feels like the only way that they can be heard is uh, to do some wretched, vile act on innocent people who have done nothing to deserve that rage. Uh, um, we've already addressed that person and their feelings of inadequacy because the community is aware and alert. And uh, uh, so those are some of the things that we work on in that class. Um, some of the same uh, uh, exercises and techniques that we do so that can, we can be spatially aware of other actors on stage, we do and we realize, well, wow, we can also be aware of other people in our, our sphere of influence as well as in our spatial sphere that we need to be aware of. Uh, and, uh, and we realize that, um, that the well-being of that individual who I have never met somehow affects me. Uh, and uh, and so we're uh, uh, more likely to do something about that. So uh, uh, so when I teach my acting for non-majors class, uh, as uh, as hokey as it is, as corny as it sounds, it is um, uh, a part of uh, 
a part that fits, fits perfectly with uh, uh, Jesuit education. It's about uh, standing in solidarity with other people who don't have voice. Um, when I stand on stage and I go through the story of, Othello, of Othello and, and and have this person tell lies about me and destroy my happiness, there's somebody out there in the audience who has had aspects of that happen to them. They associate what what's going on with that character and they might not have the heart to stand up in front of uh, two, three, four, uh, Cal Six is almost 600 people in the audience and tell that story. Um, so I'm going to be their organ donor. I'm going to give my heart to them and put my heart in that place and let them watch my heart go through those sorts of things. And the sympathetic reaction that they will have will allow them to feel that and, uh, and, uh, you know, be a little heartbroken for me, uh, be a little weepy for me, uh, be able to, uh, be, uh, just as exhilarated as I am when, uh, uh, Desdemona tells her father, no, I love you, father, but just like you chose my mother, I'm choosing my husband and I choose this man. And, and that, that thrilling moment and, and as well as feeling a bit of the pain of the father when he, uh, is, uh, is, uh, is shunned that way. Shunned, uh, is, uh, when he, when he's, when he's proven to be wrong in, in such a public way. So, uh, you get a great playwright, uh, and uh, and they can move an audience. And having uh, students who have the courage to stand up with some of those great playwrights, say their words, and find out that they have the power to move people is a potent thing. And uh, and it's it's the sort of thing that uh, um, I think is valuable for uh, every member of the Santa Clara community. Mm. I'd love to wrap up asking a couple of shorter questions. Sure. Um, so first of all, what advice would you give to a first year student starting out in college? Um, find uh, your references and create a great reference every day. Uh, there's going to be somebody who's going to be able to write a, a letter of reference for you, um, but you, you don't really know who that is yet. Keep your eyes open to that. But while you're doing that, make sure that everybody and anybody who meets you is able to say, oh, Gavin Cosgrove, yes, I, yes, a sharp young man, uh, a self-motivated, uh, um, uh, takes an initiative uh, uh, to creating his own podcast, blah, 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 and those sorts of things about you, uh, even after meeting you only once. If you could go to dinner with anyone from history, who would it be? Uh, W.E.B. Du Bois. Uh, he lived several lifetimes, I think, in his in his time uh, on the planet. So probably Du Bois. What is your favorite place that you have traveled? My favorite place that I've traveled, Florence was great. Uh, New York, not so much. Uh, Chicago, hmm. Chicago. If you could send a message to every person in the United States, what would you want to say? We can do better. If you couldn't uh, be an actor or a professor and you had to start a totally new job, what would you want to try out? Probably attorney. And finally, what does your ideal Saturday look like? 
my ideal Saturday uh, is sleeping in late, uh, getting up to uh, um, pancakes and uh, going for a massage and then going to a great play with my wife. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for Thanks, having this conversation. I really for sure. appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the show. You can check out Voices of Santa Clara on Facebook. You can go to VoicesOfSantaClara.com or you can go to the iTunes podcast app and subscribe. Special thanks to Miles Elliott for the intro and outro music, and I will see you later. Have a good day.